Testing, testing, one, two, one, two. This is the Let's Do Sports Top 5 Roundup with your host, JJ Rivera. I'm not gonna lie, guys. I have been ill this since last Friday. I have been out of it, but I didn't want to go a week without doing this. Uh, I think it's a fun thing to do. So without further ado, let's get started with the first topic. And that is the Spurs versus Liverpool game. We'll go deeper into the game and talk about things that went right and things that went wrong for Liverpool. Things that Spurs kind of got away with. But the game ended 2-1 in favor of the Tottenham Hotspurs. They took 24 shots to Liverpool's 12 and had 65% of the possession to Liverpool's 35% of the possession. This game got start started off on a terrible foot for Liverpool as Jones got a red card in the 26th minute of the match. That instantly told you what kind of game Liverpool were going to have to play. A very cagey and defensive affair. Because, you know, a red card in the 26th minute, you're talking at least an hour of football left. That you have to play with only nine men on the field and one uh, obviously in between the sticks. Uh, what was interesting, I think, was about seven minutes later, Luis Diaz was able to score a goal in seven minutes, so in the 33rd minute of the match. But the issue was the goal was disallowed. We'll go more on this goal in a sense, but the goal at this point was disallowed even though by every camera angle that, because I, I watch it on Peacock, I'm a, I watch, you know, these uh, games in the States, so every replay in the Peacock broadcast, I don't know about the Sky Sports or if they played it on ITV or wherever they play it in the UK, but on Peacock, every replay they show, Luis Diaz was on side in every single way, but the goal was disallowed. Three minutes later, Human Son scores on the other end of the field to give the Spurs a 1-0 lead. Uh, the game went on as usual. Teams from each each team got off a few chances. Nothing really putting each other in danger. But in the 45th plus 4 minute, so... For some people that are confused, it was 45 minutes. It was halftime, but obviously because of the allotted extra time from pauses, from substitutions, uh, in the 45th plus four, uh, what's it called? Cody Gakpo was able to score a goal that was able to get the game on level playing field for both teams. So going into half, it was 1-1 Spurs versus 1-1 Spurs and Liverpool. Second half started, again, nothing much happened. KG Affairs, certain opportunities happened, but nothing to put each other in danger. Then we got a a Diago Jota red card in the 69th minute. 
this to me was a controversial red because I saw the card. I understood his studs were up. He hit. Uh, he was able to get the studs into the defender's ankle. But I also feel as though there was no malicious intent compared to the Jones red card in the 26th minute. He legitimately looked to be going for the ball, but the issue was just, you know, the ball got out of the way right before he could go for it. I don't know how else to kind of put that, but legitimately he was going for the ball. Uh, and then he accidentally, because the other player, remember the other player still playing, he, he's still moving. So he accidentally puts the studs into his ankle, gets a red card. You are now talking nine players versus 11. And obviously eight are on the field and then one is in between the sticks. So you're realistically talking 10 to eight. It's crazy. But in all fairness and all due respect for uh, Liverpool, I will say they were able to keep it close until the very end because from minute 70 and on, there there were dangerous chances, but nothing that got past them. It wasn't until the 90th plus six minute where Joel Matip, accidentally hits an own goal into his own net and he scores the game winner for Spurs which was had to be a dagger in his heart it had to be a dagger in his heart I only know how I would feel and I imagine he would feel similarly he probably felt so bad that that even happened he was trying to clear the ball you can tell he was trying to get it out of there but he actually just shot it in the top corner of his own net that was able to be enough for the for Tottenham Hotspurs to win the game. Um, after the game, though, the officials put out a statement. They released a statement saying that the disallowed goal should have counted for Liverpool. I hate it when they do this. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't really like it when these statements are released. The reason being because that doesn't change anything you you can say oh well we made a mistake we're, we're owning up to it but are you really owning up to anything because at the end of the day you know they, they don't get any points for your mistake they don't get any points for any mistake that you make so i just felt like i i don't really like it when you know things like that are you know are released because at, at that point what does it really matter what do these words really matter but this win puts the Spurs into second place. They are one point behind Manchester City. And then in my last note, I said, Ange Ball is real. Ange post logo, post, post call glow. <laughs> uh, his name is pretty hard. His name is very, I'm pretty sure it's post glue. Um, you know, his brand of football is good. Spurs are in a pretty good position for this point of the season. Um, it's still pretty early, but, uh, you know, they're, they're in striking distance of first. And I believe that he, he will be uh, here probably for a while, unless things just go terribly. But he will probably be Spurs manager until things go bad, like usually teams end up, you know, doing. But... All in all, it was an interesting game. It must have felt terrible. Like I said, Joe Matip probably feels terrible as we speak. And it's probably been, and it's been about three days 
since the guy uh, has scored that own goal. But it is what it is. We'll keep moving. Oh, this one is a fun one. This one is a fun one. Uh, we are talking basketball news, and it is Joel Embiid announces that he will play for Team USA in the 2024 Olympic Games. I'll be honest, when I heard this, I have no issue with Joel Embiid making any decision like this. Like At the end of the day, it's whatever he chooses. But he, he's not American, like, at all. Like, that, that man is not at all American. He was born in Cameroon, in the continent of Africa, and he didn't even play basketball till he was 15. He was in Africa till around his later teens, till he came to the United States to play college basketball. That's what, till then, till then, that's, he was, he's, he's been African this whole time. I think he also has something with France. I, I don't know exactly what the relation is with France. I'll be completely honest with you. His relation with France kind of reminds me of a lot of the uh, African players that play uh, soccer or football. Uh, a lot of them have the eligibility to play in France. I know players like, I think his name is... Uh, is it Dembele? I want to say it's Dembele, or just just a lot of players around around that uh, sphere of soccer. Um, Mbappe, I know Mbappe, players like that who have heritage from African countries. They have the ability to play for France. Like I said, I don't necessarily know the relation on why, but. To me, I, I just, I just, when I hear that he plays, when Embiid is going to play for Team USA, I just don't understand it. He's recently said that he wants to play for Team USA because he wants to play for the country his son was born in. That is all well and good, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say that's a lie, but I just don't, I don't, I don't really think that has anything to do with anything, but, um, I just, he played, so the NBA, they haven't done it in recent years, but they had two NBA, they were called the NBA Africa game, and it was players from the world versus players from Africa, right? And he played on Team Africa both years they did this game, 2017 and 2018, two years that they did this game, right? They played this two years and he played for team africa representing cameroon and now he wants to play for team usa i look at this and i just honestly think i think he just wants to win something realistically i think he hasn't won a championship so maybe he'll win a gold medal i, I just don't understand the relation and i i just really don't like it when when uh, because his relation really isn't really with the united states that's why i'm guessing i don't like it as much as or a little bit more than how much other people don't like it because most responses on social media are pretty negative on like why would he want to do that but i digress next we're going to talk about american 
good old-fashioned American football, but the college American football, right? So Colorado fell to USC. Now they moved to the record of 3-2. and two. It started off with a perfect 3-0 and record. Now they are down at 3-2. and two. They lost 48-41. to 41. Um, The game seemed like it was getting out of their hands, but they were able to keep close. And honestly, one touchdown away for a team who won one team last year, one game last year, I should say. They won one game last year. Now they're in within striking distance against one of the better teams in college football. I think it's a great, it was a great performance. Uh, but, uh, it's just disappointing because like Travis Hunter obviously out again. And because, like I said in the podcast last week, they can't run certain routes. They can't run certain coverages because he's not there. And now it's even more disappointing because we know that the that USC will be moving to the Big Ten next college football season. And this is disappointing to me because now we'll never see a full, healthy USC team. I mean, uh, a full, healthy Colorado team against USC. We probably won't see that until maybe they just randomly end up on uh, one of their non-conference games against each other. But we won't be able to see that anytime soon, which is very disheartening. But the game was good. Caleb Williams, probably the best college football player right now, had 403 passing yards, six touchdowns, and only one interception. Shadur Sanders also threw for 337 yards, four touchdowns, and only one interception. Um, Like I said, if Caleb is doing that and Shadur is that close, I feel as though Shadur should also get some flowers. I know he's not going to go into the draft. His daddy already said, Dion Prime, Coach Prime already said he is not going into the draft next year. So he will be better for sure. He will be better. Um, uh, in, in the later minute, in the later, uh, minutes of the offense, when they were, I think on the last drive, I felt that Colorado's, uh, offensive, uh, tempo their whole two-minute offense was terrible who their uh coordinator their offensive coordinator they need to redo whatever they were doing because that was such a terrible two-minute offense i'm not even gonna lie like that was bad like that was bad bro like like that was bad like really bad um that single-handedly probably cost them the game but they have Colorado now has Arizona to look to for, uh, look forward to next. Uh, this should be a game that they do win. Arizona is a primarily a basketball program. So they should be looking for this win to get them back into good graces. And they need these wins. They need the win. This win, they need to beat Stanford, who's after that, so they can get into a good position to get into a bowl game. Cause I think the goal for this year, they don't have to win it, but they should make a bowl game this year. That, that should be the goal this year, a bowl game for, for prime time to show that this program is improving. Next, we talk about a little bit more. Good old American football. Anyways, but we'll talk more. We're talking more about the NFL this time and more specifically Bill Pelichick and his New England Patriots. Um, they've been on the struggle. They've been on the struggle now. Uh, what is it? Let me see. 
They lost 38, excuse me, they lost 38 to 3 against the Dallas Cowboys, which was a terrible performance from everyone on that team, from coaching to the players. Uh, I just truly believe in any football game. I know that they're probably better, but you should do yourself a favor and at least score a singular touchdown. When you only score one field goal, that just shows how outclassed you were the whole entire game. Um, I've heard a lot of things of people now questioning Bill Belichick's legacy. I'm not going to be doing that because I, I truly believe you can't question Bill Belichick's legacy. He has six rings, right? I do understand the questioning of would he still be in this position if it weren't for uh Tom Brady? And that's a question we won't know, right? We won't know, but what I will say is Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick has won six Super Bowls, six of them, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, right? Six Super Bowls. That is something that happened, right? We, we, we can say what's happening now. What have you done for me lately? Those are obvious things, but these are things that have happened. Bill Belichick is a defensive minded coach and it, there have been a few Super Bowls that the Patriots have won on the back of those defenses. So we're not going to sit here and act like Bill Belichick is not a great head coach. Is he is he all time the best? I don't know. But I also see a lot of athletes, people that played against Bill, questioning Bill's greatness. And I will always say my my opinion when I see this, I guess, is what I'm trying to say is that. It's so easy for these retired players to question his greatness when all they did was lose to him for every, for most of their careers. They saw New England on the schedule and they said, dang, this is going to be a hard game. Dang, this one's probably going to be an L. Dang, I don't know about this one. They saw the Patriots on the schedule and that's what they were thinking. So when I see players say, oh, it was all because of Tom. I understand Tom played a big role. It's just like Phil Jackson had uh Michael Jordan in the NBA. The no great head coach has not had great players. So to act like he wasn't he's not going to need a great player is just dumb. Like come on now. What I will say is this this is reminding me of Clemson and uh like it makes me think if the game is getting away from Bill now. There's a lot of players that don't want to get drafted by the Patriots. That's just the truth. People don't like the whole environment of that whole military environment where you're drilled and then, you know, Bill doesn't have a happy attitude that that's been well documented. He's not the happiest of guys. He does, he can get into a good mood, has fun with some of his guys, but he's not the happiest of guys day in and day out on the field. And people just don't want to be around that. Like sometimes, and, and that's just valid for them to do. But honestly, I think the biggest I guess thing would be that I think the Patriots, I don't think they should move on from Bill in a sense, but I do believe uh, Bill himself is going to have to really reflect, first of all, and see if he still wants to be in the game. And if he does still want to be in the game, he needs to start evolving with the game. He needs to start you know, moving some things around. He needs to start understanding that 
the NFL will at some point turn into a player's league and he needs to be more about the players. The more he is about that whole, you know, military type attitude, players don't like that now. That's just what it is. You can call them drama queens and divas for it. But if no one's going to play with you like that, for you like that, then it's up to you to change your regiments to incorporate what the players want to do. But like I said, I don't think this changes anything of Bill's legacy. But I do believe if he still wants to be a part of the NFL, he's going to really need to fix a few things of, you know, his organization program in a sense and finally we get to the mlb playoffs and it was it was sweeping time we we brought out all the brooms because the wild card rounds only had sweeps every team that won uh these wild card rounds won two to zero obviously the mlb playoffs start with a the wild cards specifically start with just a three game uh series and we'll say who won these right quick the rangers swept the tampa bay rays the twins swept the blue jays the diamondbacks swept the brewers and the phillies swept uh the miami marlins these are now the alds matchups the astros uh, against the Twins, the Rangers against the Orioles, and the NLDS. It's the Phillies versus the Braves and the Diamondbacks versus the Dodgers. My quick predictions, because we, we're not going to spend too much time on this, but my quick predictions are the Astros going to the next round and the Rangers beating the Orioles to get to the next round. After so, I see the Phillies taking it and then I see the Dodgers taking it against the Diamondbacks to set up the last round before we get to the World Series. Um, like I said, I'm going to root for my Astros. I also have a soft spot for the Dodgers, but I hope we do see the Rangers because I really want to get that win. But obviously, it's up for every player on every team to perform and hopefully we get some great series out of the ALDS and the NLDS but this has been the let's do sports top five roundup with your host JJ Rivera I hope everyone had a great weekend is had a great week I should say had a great morning had a great afternoon and thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day see you later